Welcome to another episode of Was It Good? I am Ravi, joined by Arjuna, and once again, no Krishna. He is missing. If you know where he is, please don't tell us. He's right here. See? Yes, he's turned into an Ewok. Arjuna has picked up a stuffed Ewok. As always, Mr. Michael, our producer, is in the corner, staring at us like a creep. And speaking of creeps, we are actually today talking about the biggest creep of them all, Steve Carell, in... Apple TV's The Morning Show, Season 2, Episode 1. Good old it, Mitch. Good old Mitch. It has been two years since uh, Season 1, or just under two years, roughly. I honestly don't know. I, I don't think remember. it's, <laughs> I believe, the first season of uh, of uh, The Morning Show. The Morning Show came out in 1920, something 2019 around. seems right. But that honestly, you could tell me 2020 and be like, yeah, that sounds right, too. That's very, Yeah, I could probably but say. But you know what? It is 2019, because 2020... The summer of 2020 is when Ted Lasso came out, and Correct. the morning show came out a well year before, before that. Yeah, it was one of it. It was one of Apple TV's first shows to drop out, a- along with like C. Yep, C. Mankind. Mankind. Um, maybe Mankind. Dickinson. Dickinson. Servant. I don't know if Servant was one of the original. It might have been the next batch of shows, uh, but I do remember the the original. Like uh, it was. It was during an Apple keynote. Tim Cook invites up. This is when Apple keynotes were still being done in person yeah. at um, the Apple campus in Cupertino, and it was a, it was a weird keynote because all these Hollywood people were there. You had like Jason Momoa, Steve Carell, Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon just walking the campus. Funny. And then they were all like introing their shows, Did and you, uh, yeah, and they were like Steve Carell's like, "This is my show, where I'm a pervert and a piece of shit, and basically Harvey Weinstein." Whoops. Did you uh did you catch the uh Apple TV Plus uh joke in the episode about subscription services? Yeah, G- like GNB is the network that they yep. they work for. They they call it GNB Plus, right? Uh they even I think they said the exact price point, 7.99, which is Some, what something Apple, like which is that. What Apple TV Plus yeah. is, I think. But there was also <laughs> there was also um my favorite character played by Billy Crudup. Yep. Crudup. Who plays What's the character's name? Uh I wrote his name down. On the uh, oh, if I scroll here and this, this is wonderful sl- Corey, his name's Corey. Corey, right? So Corey, who does the infamous line of "Chaos is the new cocaine." You didn't wear the shirt, by the I way. I know. I'm just realizing wow. that we could pause it and I could go run and get it. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. <laughs> I don't know if it fits. Not well, actually, partly because yeah, co- uh, not cocaine. Actually, we lost weight. Cocaine <laughs> because of cocaine. <laughs> um, but he also says like that same like when he's when he's being fired from the network. Yeah, he says uh, you know content and, and, and stuff is no longer in your TVs. It's in the cloud, like, <laughs> beaming it up. He, I mean, stuff. he was maybe the star of the episode? Yes. It seemed like he had the most... He the was most the con- most involved. He was involved the most in the, in the most storylines, but uh, it was an interesting episode. I'm sure we'll get into it. Well, we're getting into it right now. So, um, <laughs> here's the thing with... Okay, so... It's been a long time since episode since season one. Sure, season one ends on a pretty big, you know, cliffhanger. Uh, a main character unfortunately passes, and how they pass is is not the you know most pleasant way of, of going. Yeah, and um, OD's, right, and, and you know the the two some of the protagonists slash antagonists. Let's just call them pro characters. Pro pro ends. <laughs> the pro ends. Um, so Jennifer Ashley's character, Reese Witherspoon. They basically, you know, uh, Bradley and Alex. They basically dump all the information information to what's happening, the head honcho, what he's been doing, what he's covering up, the whole scandal, everything. 
and they get pulled off air, and then uh, that's it. And then we have to wait. Real life pandemic happens, right? And then this episode drops. <laughs> Season two, episode one. Season two, a couple time jumps. Yes. So th- before you or Arjuna is the one that actually explained to me the proper time jumps, and sure, I watched the episode and I did rewind back to the title card that I saw. That uh, confirmed in my head that I was correct in my order of operation, in order of where the show was. Now, I believe the episode picked up immediately where season one ends. And then I believed that we were getting some artsy fart drone shots of New York City. And then I see a three months earlier title uh, sequence. And then I see um, Bradley. Yep. And. Um, uh, Hazim Hassan Minaj Hassan Minaj his character I think is a new character yeah I have fr- wrote his name down also on the outline if you want to scroll down a little bit uh, go back up his name was Eric so new character Eric is there but in my brain the way that I had seen everything had played out I thought we were three months behind or we went three months from the events that ended at the end of the events of season one. And that's how I viewed the entire episode. That's a bizarre way to look at it. (laughs) And that's why I was very confused because (laughs) I remember briefly, I briefly remember there was a whole thing, I thought, where Alex had quit the show originally in the first season. So I thought we were expanding upon that, like, time period. And I didn't realize that, yes, I was in a weird fucked up thing. But, But to be fair, though, I was on my phone <laughs> in the beginning. So well, I that myself up. That part is on you, but I will say the show did not do a good job of grounding us in where the show was. You know, they, it jumps to three different time periods, I think, in the first 10 minutes, right? Right. You start off with the initial scenes that t- are the immediate aftermath of the season one finale. You have this weird drone shot, which is supposed to indicate. COVID is coming. See, I looked at it. I was like, oh, this is cool. That nice little, the emptiness of New York. Like, I thought, this is what I thought. I thought it was like, they were getting cutesy with this idea of like, you may be in New York filled with tons of people, but really you're all alone. Like, that's what I thought they were doing. No, they're really playing into the idea of like COVID and the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. And, yeah, you totally know, I don't that. think you're alone in terms of it kind of not showing up. It, it didn't really solidify to me until we got near the end of the episode and they're they're showing the new year stuff and it's hitting 2020 and like oh this is three months before the pandemic that's why they did the three months earlier thing they're anchoring this season as the lead up to the pandemic and how that's going to affect this show and this ecosystem and all these people so knowing that now yes that makes what happened more interesting yes knowing that there's going to be a pandemic and knowing that because you and I work in production, we know we know what happened to production, right. right? When the pandemic hit, everything got stopped. And knowing that Corey says to Alex, you know, come back, be my rock, you know, I'm going to get you your brand new primetime show. Yep. Knowing that that's never going to happen because, well, everything gets fucked. Right. So. Well, I mean, Corey's an interesting character because he is... 
you know, especially shown in this episode, his relationship with Bradley has really deteriorated. He's hidden a lot from her. They clearly haven't talked as much in this eight-month interim as they did in season one. He holds back the fact that Eric is going to be hired on the the new the, the primetime show, even though it's something that she wants. They have a big confrontation at New you know, the, the New Year's broadcast that they're doing about it. And so it's almost like he's now anchoring himself to Alex to be her new savior as he's kind of fallen out with Bradley now. So it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic goes. And I think even in the conversation, Alex is like, can I trust you, Corey? He looks he looks right at Bradley, right? The person who he has, who does not trust him anymore. And it's like, you can trust me. It's like, can you though? I mean, when that entire scene was happening, I was screaming out, he's the fucking devil. No, you can't trust <laughs> the devil. And it's like, Corey's doing things for Corey's sake. Right. And we, I think we, we talked a little bit about this last season. Corey is, he, he likes chaos. He's, he's doing it. He has an idea of what he wants to see. Right. But at the same time, I think he gets a thrill out of playing puppeteer or puppet master with people's lives. Well, and there's this big mystery too, because at the beginning of the episode, we see him fired. And we don't see exactly how he gets rehired. There are conversations that indicate that Bradley had something to do with his rehiring, but there's a lot of information that they haven't intentionally left us out on. One thing we can get uh, guarantees there will be more time jumps because yes. season one also had time jumps. Yes, they had a ton of time jumps to give us more backstory in terms of yep. all the terrible things that Mitch did. Um, <laughs> good old Mitch. Good old who fucking didn't show Mitch. up in the first episode. He no, did not show no up. Stevie, how do you feel about that? I think that's fine because I think what they they tried to do in this first episode and what they've tried to do with this show overall is, you know, when you have someone of like Steve Carell's stature, I think a lot of people are like, this is the new Steve Carell show. Yep. But the the real leads of this sh- the show are Jennifer Aniston's Alex and Reese Witherspoon's Bradley, right? So I think it's smart to anchor. And Corey. I mean, he kind of is, right? He is kind of a central figure in the show. But I think still the show is about those two those two females and, and their story, and I think it's smart to start with them. Here's it a, also wasn't, when season one ended, it was reported that Steve Carell had only signed on for one season, and so it wasn't a guarantee that he was coming back, which makes me think, you know, we do know he is in this season, he is coming back, but it doesn't mean he's necessarily a central part. And even though he wasn't directly in it, his presence was felt, right? Specifically, Alex is writing the mm-hmm. book, She's talking about her past, but she's not going into details about her past with Mitch, which we know uh, she slept with him twice. They had a a long on-screen and off-screen relationship with the show and outside of the show, too. So he's he's coming back, and it it almost makes it more powerful that he is being talked about but not there yet because he's coming. Apple's marketing for these shows is kind of fascinating because – I'm not going to lie. The whole reason I got into the morning show was because Steve Carell was there. Yep. They pr- The marketing material presented it as good guy Steve Carell gone bad, which is interesting because we always see Steve Carell in these goofy things. The office. Get smart. You know, like he's just this goofball. We, he's he's goofy. He's fun. To see him in this kind of role is, you know, disturbing and different. Sure. Uh, but it's also interesting, like, they get these big names or these well-known names and figures, and then they're doing these kind of crazy – you know, switcheroos to these characters on this on this platform. Another show, though, they had a big name, Aaron Paul in Truth Be Told. Yes. With uh, Octavia Spencer. Spencer. Yep. He's not in so far, spoiler alert, he's not in season two at all, which is fine because Octavia is really obviously the focus of that show. 
Um, but like with the morning show where they kind of took Steve Carell and flipped him and made him this evil thing, Aaron Paul is playing Aaron Paul. <laughs> He's playing Jesse. He's basically like super typecast. Like somebody, I don't. So I guess random question. In order to make Steve Carell, who does these goofy, funny roles consistently, they turned him into this thing. What would you do for Aaron Paul that makes him something different and can, like, show his range? Comedy. Straight up comedy. But his comedy, though, is typically, like, a comedy, a comedic version of Jesse from Breaking Bad. Like, speaking of The Office, he shows that there's, I forget which, was it? uh, He shows up in an Office episode, right? No, it's, like, something he did, I think, for the Emmys or something. Oh, right. Like, one of those, like, little shorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, He showed up there, and he's basically playing... Jesse, or right. he's playing Jesse, and it's funny, and it's like, ha, ha, ha. But what other kind of role could Aaron Paul do? A jock. A jock? He, uh, he, could play a fa- he did play a father. There was a Hulu show. Oh, that's right. The cult he, one. The cult one. Yeah, yeah the, the path. path. And he's a family man. He's a father. He, he has a wife. But the problem, though, is, uh, again, he's still Jesse just grown up. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, but that's, that's part of, that's, that's part of like, the curse, quote unquote, of having an iconic mm. role, right? People will, in a lot of ways, Always see associate. you in that way, right? You know, um, especially if that role is tied tightly to you as a person. If yeah. you got it because of how you, you look. sound or yeah. how your cadence is, right? Like he's, you're just maybe always going to see Jesse, right? And it's like it's not fair necessarily to ask an actor for every single role to change, quite literally, every single thing about yourself of like. You know, you got to look different. You got to sound different. You got to think different. You got to poop different. You know, sometimes you just want to poop in the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? I thought I was going way out there, but you just took it to the other. I think, I mean, like, Breaking Bad is obviously, like, it's a hugely influential show that's part Mm -hmm. of pop culture. So, like, you know, the the way (laughs) it stinks, but, like, the way to get out of a typecast is to pull a Brian Cranston, get land into another iconic role, right? Because That's before true. Breaking Bad, he was, he was the dad in Malcolm in the, in the Middle. middle. Everybody yep. saw him as that, and then post Breaking Bad, he is Walter White, right? And it's just kind of like that's that's how you do it, I guess. You just you latch onto. And another do you know who he big, was big before uh, the dad in Malcolm in the Middle? He was the uh, he was neighbor to he was neighbor to Doug Heffernan. Was he really King of Queens? Yeah, he was their one of their neighbors. Like he's in a couple of seasons as like a reoccurring neighbor with his crazy wife. That makes sense. Yeah. He was also a villain in Power Rangers. Was also a villain in Power Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> that's also good. Zod. In uh, the Power Rangers, Zordon. Movie, that's yeah, correct. Yep. Full yeah. circle there. You went from villain to Zordon to. He went from villain to dad to villain back to hero. <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> like that. You know, I mean, to be fair, Aaron Paul did try to get out of the typecast. He was the lead in the Need for Speed movie, and that failed. That was basically just <laughs> Jesse got a nice car. Jesse in, in the Fast and Furious. Yeah, basically, <laughs> basically. Uh, back to Morning Show, though. A couple other talking points here. Um, and again, it's funny, as I'm like looking over your outline, it's funny because another, obviously, um, big character was Charlie, right, who also yeah. – kind of helps stir the pot with the the scandal and everything and we see him at a local news station and now with a girlfriend that he proposes to also by the way 
the actress who plays his girlfriend yep. is his real life wife, Katie uh, Katie Asselton. Oh, that's uh, cool. Actress. She was in uh, mo- she's most famous. She was actually in Legion as uh, the brother of the main character, as, uh, Dan Stevens' mm-hmm. sister, I should say. Oh wow! Uh, and then they were both in the League together, which was the show on FX about fantasy football. Uh, but again, with those scenes with Charlie, I thought that was in the past, past. And that's why I was kind of confused. Like, like oh, three wow. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. So he had like a, a girlfriend we didn't know about. This is so weird. Wow, you're really confused from this entire pro- You might need to rewatch the premiere. I think I'm going <laughs> to have to. Like, <laughs> after this, I'm probably going to rewatch it. everything in your, it's like completely opposite of what you thought. Again, though, but like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, do a better job of like reframing the time, man. So wait, if we did one word impressions for this. Yes. Your one word impression would be. It's upside down. Or, um time backwards 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 yeah because i thought we were backwards backwards not that we saw some random ass poop shots of a stupid empty city and i'm supposed to automatically be like oh it's covid yeah like just say it's fucking covid they should have i mean sometimes it's like you just have to be obvious right yes that wasn't obvious because if you show alex and bradley freaking out and then your next sequence is just some random ass drone shots. And then your next sequence says three months earlier. Right. A sane person would be like, oh, I am now three months before Alex and Bradley dumping all the information on the network. Right. Not I'm three months before some random fucking drone footage. That means there was just not, like... There's there's way better ways they could have done that. They could have done that a thousand times better. There's also a featurette at the end of the episode, which a lot of these shows like to do now, like yep. a little behind the scenes or whatever. And they, you know, the creator talked about it and said like the pandemic hit as they were in production for the show, as they were writing, and so they rewrote the entire first episode. And um, the actor who plays, um, who plays Charlie, talked about how he loved the little subtleties that they put into there of like COVID with. You know the the uh, the sneeze behind yep. Corey near the end of the end episode, where one of the uh, one of the crew on the morning show is on the street and someone licks him, right? Yeah, like they're putting in these little subtleties of like, oh, so that guy's getting COVID potentially, right? Yikes. They're they're at least like showing the how different society is back then. But I think what the show maybe banked on was like. COVID would be new enough for us to notice that, but we have now been in COVID for over a year and a half where it's just like, that's not obvious. It's to part us. of life now. Yeah. You know, it's what not would like, it, a what would have made thing. more sense is like, it's a giant media conglomerate network, right? Mainstream media. It wasn't blasted out everywhere. There wasn't like a tab in Twitter that says COVID-19, right? But there were still people reporting what in, was going on in Wuhan. Yeah. So that was still a thing. They could have easily thrown a thing of like, there's some new potential. Maybe we missed it, honestly. Maybe because it, it could be. They did show a lot of the other networks kind of reporting on what's going on at GMB mm-hmm. with a lot of the scandals. The episode opens with at least what the three months earlier the the night show anchor being accused of stuff and then being fired. So maybe on those quick screens they put something in there like a little clue. Again, it's not obvious, it's not obvious enough. enough though, like that, right? I think was the biggest. Clearly, like if I had to pick one thing. That was a big fault of this episode. It was just not being so fucking obvious as to when I was. Yeah. Uh, and that's why my one word is backwards. Your backwards. one word impression? It's uh, danger. 
the fuck? Did you just come up with that? Danger. Why danger? Uh, I mean, I kind of want to do like looming danger or, you know, like something I on think, the horizon. I think we should make a big change as Christian's not here. We always <laughs> do our one-word impressions, but sometimes it feels like a phrase. Not a sentence, like a phrase. No, I like I like keeping it to one word, you know? It keeps the bit. Versus, like, if you just open it up to, like, being anything, then eventually we'll just have, like, a whole dissertation. Paragraph. Yeah, like, yeah, my one-word impression, which is actually a whole soliloquy, <laughs> is, you know. You know, we should, we should allow us, like, if somebody feels really strong, like, positive, negative about something, if they want to, like, express more than just a word, yeah. they should have, they should, you should be able to do it, but you have to do it in, like, poetry form. You gotta do a haiku. Yeah, haiku just something like that would be kind of fun, actually. Uh, no, but danger because you know what we talked about with the pandemic and stuff. There is this looming sense of danger of that, but also just the way our characters are positioning themselves. Right? There's clearly the ratings are declining at the morning show. There's a shakeup now with the with the talent. Bradley's in this weird spot. Alex is in this weird spot with her book coming out. There's this implication that the the book that's coming out from the journalist who's in season one is going to have some bigger unseemly drops. stuff yep. for Alex too. So it's almost like there's this looming sense of danger. Corey is in this weird spot again. Like we said, we knew he got fired. We don't know exactly how he came back. What does that mean for him? Is his, is his position also kind of tenable? Is it, is it not as solid as what we saw in season one? We still don't even know, really know like why Alex left again. It's an interesting way they've gone about it with presenting some new information and new dynamics that we'll probably then catch up to later. But potentially that will inform the story too of like, why did, you know, there's, there's the, of those three characters, there's the three central questions with Alex. It's why did she leave with Corey? It's how did he come back? And with Bradley, it's why did she start conforming? Why did she conform to, you know, get the blonde hair and do the fun segments when she do was... Do the singing and the dancing. Yeah, exactly. Why do all the stupid, like, right, why, ditzy stuff? Ex- when she was completely yeah. the opposite of that, like, what made her sell out? Quote oh, clearly she saw the fat paycheck. I wonder if it's... I wonder... I mean, you know, reckless speculation. I wonder if the reason Alex left was because somebody had decided to up, you know, the... up Bradley's, like, uh, salary... In comparison to Alex's. Well, I mean, look at the information we've been presented, right? When they show the the aftermath scenes of what happened. I I mean, Bradley even says this later in the episode, but, like, her and Alex are at their closest in that moment in the aftermath. They're in the the room together. They're like, we're going to figure this out. Alex's team comes, pulls her away, and she's like, I'll call you. And Probably then, never called her. I was and saying. then we don't know. We don't know exactly yeah. what happened. It's very clear that they don't talk. Like Bradley's like, we don't have a relationship. Um, there's that theoretical conversation Corey has with her about Alex coming back. And he's like, yeah, I guess we'll never know. But, uh, you know, oh, well, like I've moved on from her. So it is interesting. And I'm sure, again, we'll we'll kind of learn more about that. But I'm curious. I'm curious to know, like, for you as a consumer of content, how do you feel like when stories do that, where they jump ahead and they're, they tease like all these kind of dynamics and like you'll you'll find it out later. Like we're kind of like teasing what's happening in a show. Versus like, would it be better if they just picked up from that point and then they just showed it chronologically? It works for some things, it doesn't work for other things. I am a true believer that in the writer's room for morning show, somebody had said, Do you guys watch anime? 
Attack on Titan? (laughs) And somebody was like, you know, in anime, they do time jumps. It's kind of their norm. Like, they do that. Right. And then they fill in that other those other pieces of information because you want to speed things along, kind of keep it fresh and interesting. Um, For All Mankind does that. Every season, they're increasing, increasing their time jumps. Right. It makes sense because there's this... You don't need to see all of the... Like, you don't need to see the day-to-day to kind of get the story to wherever. And also, if a story is really kind of well-written and executed in terms of, like, a long-term vision, you know that you have certain events that are happening. And in your gigantic story, you want to show the viewer the most interesting thing and then help them fill in those pieces. And also, you can kind of make it more impactful because you get that backstory episode. Right. And, like, we already know that... The morning show is going d- does that. That's the kind of their style. We saw that with season one, yeah. especially around Mitch and what he did. We we're thrown into this thing where Mitch is accused at the very beginning, and right. we don't know the exact details. We get the details, unfortunately, later on. You know, in graphic detail, right? And it makes it that much more impactful because again, it wasn't one of those things where the show starts just before the incident, and then we get all the way up or whatever. We're starting where it's the most impactful for this piece of garbage character. Yeah. And I think with season two starting it this way, I don't know. Like we, the, what is it? The, um, CB, TBA. What's UBA. UBA. UBA is a gigantic corporation, corporate thing, whatever. Right. Corporations take forever to do things, even when it is the right thing to do. Right. Removing, you know, pieces of shit. So it's very possible that in that eight month period, it's just a lot of like paperwork and not a lot of definitive, de- you know, decisions. Right. So it's okay to kind of jump ahead and pick the story back up here because now something interesting is happening. Now we've got this new conflict. Alex is gone. Bradley's there. Clearly, Bradley still has a drinking problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Good call. Uh, it's almost kind of like a news story, right? In yeah. terms of you. A major news story happens. You're not necessarily jumping on it at the very beginning. You're getting at it at an inflection point normally where it's reported or there's something relevant. And then as more reporting happens, you jump back into what happened and yep. figure all that. Real, that life, scenar- real life scenario right now. This, yeah. The incident that's happening in um, te- Del, Del Rio, Texas, where we have 10,000 Haitians that were imported and right. stuck there. Yeah. I d- was not aware that that had started a couple of days ago. I was only made aware of it because of the photos that were released and trending today on Twitter. Right. Same exact idea. So I think it's the, they're going for, yeah, you're, I think your point is that they're going for a similar thing with a new story. I mean, a new it's, story, a show, yeah. it's a, it's, a yeah. m- it's called the morning show. Yeah. Makes There's sense. There's a newsy angle to it. So makes, you know, maybe, or we're just giving them too much credit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, uh, no fucks. That's how we work. Like, yeah. That's how, like, that's how good drama works. Yeah, like, yeah. It's I a, mean, yeah. I guess, like, if you, if you are the person that's like, no, I need to know every detail, then you probably like soap operas. Yeah. Soap operas, for the most part, like, the next day. Right. The next day. Or The Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandal. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Well, no, the <laughs> Yeah. It's all chronological. It's yeah, all sure. it's all fetch missions. Nothing wrong with that, yeah. by the way. It's a do giant D&D quest. Can do it well. It's, it's, a, it's a quest. That. It it's is a quest. It's a quest. I mean, that's a campaign I would play. I'm not going to lie. The uh, the casting of Eric, yeah, Hassan Minaj. What do you think about that? That seems, but it, it's over the top. <laughs> what to get uh, uh, to get him 
to get a brown man? No, no, no. Um, um, <laughs> Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj. Like he to me, he he's now top tier. Yeah, I just thought it kind of weird. It's kind of funny because like he started like his big breaker. His yeah was it was is not stand up but um, the Daily Show. He was a rep. He was a correspondent. He was a correspondent right. on that, and I just found it kind of funny that that's kind of like his beginnings yeah. in Hollywood, and then he's playing this character who's also kind of doing like well, this show. Well, you know, this show along with like some of the others with Apple TV, they were never afraid to like flash the money i feel like i've been yeah. like hey we got lots of money like we're expensive we got lots of people on this show and you know i think hassan works in the role but like yeah. that's also it's like yeah we can get the best of the best is what it feels like with a lot of the casting of the show it's like you can recognize everyone here because they've been a star before yeah they've done something great and that's what we're gonna we're gonna buy everything okay so then let's look at real quick look at then some of the other apple tv shows right Truth be told, the cast is kind of this season two's cast is, doesn't feel as strong as season one's cast. Yeah, um, it just doesn't feel as you know, not as many big, well-known actors and actresses. What about like C? C is Jason Momoa, and then Dave Bautista now season Dave two. Dave Bautista, but is Dave Bautista expensive? I mean, yeah, he's a big movie star, man. I mean. He's in Guardians. He's in that Zack <laughs> Schneider movie. What was it called? Oh, fuck, I forgot what it was. I don't know. Army uh, of the Dead. Army That's the right. Dead. Yeah, he's in that one. I'd love to know what he got paid for Army of Dead in comparison to playing like the new antagonist for the season of C on Apple TV. It's got to be more, I would assume, on the Apple TV side. I'm sure. Because it's like Apple's like, we've got all this untaxed money that we've got. I'll say this, though. Bautista's smart, right? Look, he got in with Netflix. Yeah. He doing <laughs> Apple TV. He's yeah. got the Disney money. Yep. He even did that Disney Plus commercial where he's like in the boat. Oh, the streamer. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's yeah. great. Like he's getting with all of the. He's doing Warner Brothers with uh, Dune. He's he's oh with, yeah. He's in with all the studios. He's with he's every a smart man. Oh shit. He's, he's just like I'll get your bag. I'll get your bag. I'll get your bag. So what about Paramount and like Viacom? He's not with them, is he? Yeah. yeah they're the cheapest though, right? Probably. Watch. I'm calling right now. Star Trek Four. He's gonna show. He's gonna show up in Star Trek Four. Oh, the villain. Yeah, fuck yeah, it. I need a villain, or he's just a red shirt. <laughs> That'd be great if he's. Yeah, I like he has like really tight red shirt because yeah. he's like a big muscular guy. That's funny. I mean, yeah, the guy. The, the guy is. You know, he's working all the anchors. Like, yeah, I'm gonna work with this studio, this studio, this studio. So, do you think we'll see more of Eric in the morning show? Or yeah, I mean, one-off? when I looked on IMDb, he's like listed as recurring. Okay, so I'm sure there's gonna be more there, especially because he's just moving to the evening show. So I feel like they're opening up the world now a little bit, right? Because everything in season one was fo- focused about the morning show, specifically on the network. It it feels like they're now opening up the ecosystem. Um, of UBA with like a the, corporate man. the different shows and, and what there what there is, right? Right. Uh, especially with, like, Corey's role. Like, it feels... I don't know if he's back. It, it feels like he's taken over now as, the as like, the president of... He's taken the, the other guy's job, essentially. Yeah. So, that, there feels like there'll be more there. And then it also feels like there will be more movement, right? The, the promise of Alex that she's going to get a primetime show just seems like it's going to open up the network in terms of hey, UBA, like, she has to work with or talk to some of the producers now on the night side or or whatnot. So I'm sure that's going to kind of come into play. And then, obviously, we know that they're playing, obviously, into the pandemic. Yeah. 
Do you think in episode two we get another time jump? I didn't watch any preview. There was no preview for episode two, right? I didn't see your preview. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we're going to play with, with time and everything. I'm sure it's going to be the fallout, of Corey's decision now to bring back Alex. The conversation they have to have. The conversation he has with Zex. The conversation with Bradley. You know, that's going to be interesting just to see how that works. And maybe episode two buttons up with... Um, her, you know, Alex and Bradley getting ready to do their first. Um, I'm kind of curious because the craze of Ted Lasso said when they mapped out the season, right? They thought the thir- first three episodes were going to drop together. Right. I wonder if the creators of the morning show also thought the same thing because if I remember correctly, season one, the end of the third episode is when Alex and Bradley are getting ready to do their, like, first broadcast together, yeah. and that's where it ends, yep. right? So you've really got the entire backstory of them now going up and then doing the show. I kind of wonder if they're mirroring that with this with this sh- with this this season as well. Like, episode three is going to end with them about to do a broadcast together again for the first time because they thought these first three episodes would drop together. I, I'd hope not. Like, I'd hope it would be something different. Like, maybe it's uh, – <laughs> maybe we're seeing everything that's happening now and then that – third episode will end with going back to the end of season one or something. You know, really fuck with time. Right. And Well, I mean, they still have work to do in terms of, like, Charlie is clearly a character that's involved in this show, but we have no idea how, right? All they've shown so far is he's kind of this happy guy now who is working at a local news station, has a girlfriend he just proposed to. He's actually in a great spot. Like, he's doing a lot better than he was doing in season one. But it's like, how is he going to get wrapped back up into what the hell is going on at UBN with all these other characters? And then you still have Mitch, right, who you assume would be involved with whatever book comes out and whatever stories kind of come out with that or with um, Alex's book that is potentially coming out or not coming out. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. I am curious to see, will the season end with the pandemic starting or is are we going to dive into the pandemic early to mid-season and how that affects everything that's going on. Media, the pandemic, I think, has to be involved and mentioned heavily in this yeah. because we saw what happened in real life with the election, uh, with the murder of George Floyd, with the pandemic in general, with the vaccine. Like, There's a lot of real-life shit that happened, and this show being a show about a media company and also about the Me Too movement, if you don't mention all these other big, yeah. significant, media-centric things that have happened, then it's kind of like, are you only talking about the Me Too movement and nothing else? Because there are other very important issues that are still happening and have happened that right. should be addressed. I think the anti-vax stuff will be kind of fascinating because we still see that currently at, you know, like crazy. That's on pretty much... It's in everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's in sports. It's in news. Yeah, it's everything. It's in politics. So I think it's gonna. It's definitely gonna be fascinating. I think this season, again, I will go back and rewatch this episode because yeah. I feel like now that I know that, oh, it is actually in the future. I'm it's not much looking more back. interesting. It's way more interesting because I was yeah. kind of annoyed. Like, why am I? Why am I being shown all this shit? I don't <laughs> care. And then, like, and like I said, like when I was watching, I was like, no, are we in the past? Or in the future, and I rewound and went back, and I said, "Oh, I said three months later." I thought maybe I misread or earlier, it. right? Yeah, I thought it was like three months, you know, yeah, later, or it was actually earlier. So, what did you think of the green screens? 
They weren't as noticeable to me. Really, they were more noticeable to me. Really? Where Especially the, when they did New Year's. And they had, like, the... The crew and the stage? On the on the stage outside where, like, Alex and... I'm sorry, not Alex. Bradley and Eric are, like, on the stage and they're doing that whole thing. Those two looked like they were together. No, they were definitely together, but, like, behind them and everything around them looked... Oh, I honestly, so though, I think that would have been faked even if we weren't yeah. in COVID times. Just right. because... Set up in Times Square is a pain in the ass. Well, the ass. feature that they said they filmed that in Los Angeles and they had these giant screens behind them. Yeah. But what got me was, like, we lived on the East Coast. We've seen enough of, like, the New York events where, like, how cold it is that the fact that they didn't put in, like, cold breath, breath or yeah. anything, it felt like, yeah, you might have missed on this. You might have missed some of the key details a little bit. Yeah. Would have been nice. Not only that, but New York seemed way too organized. Oh, yeah. And clean. Yeah. I hate, I hate, absolutely hate when they show Los Angeles and they don't, properly show how much of a shithole the parts of this area are and, like, how dirty the streets of New York. Like, show it for what it is. That's don't, the character. That's what it is. I mean, if you want it to look like that, then somebody should do something to clean up the damn cities. Yeah. Um, don't pretend like it's happy-go-lucky. Right. And it's not, so. Yeah. Yeah. Screw all that movie magic. Make it Fuck real that. as possible in every La La way. Land, where it's literally, like... The cleanest, the idyllic Hollywood yeah. world. I Even though Hollywood is like so dirty, it's there's there's so many bad parts of like Hollywood. Tons of bad parts, you know. Yeah, but in that movie, Hollywood was what we all imagine it and dream it to be. Now, that's kind of the point. I dream Hollywood to be where you have cocaine fueled yeah. parties uh, at a pool. Yeah, where in La La Land, where <laughs> we all imagine Hollywood is just white. <laughs> you said it, not me. I mean, he's not—he's not wrong. Like, I that mean, that was, was that was that a was criticism all, of the movie. Like, yeah, Los Angeles is a pretty diverse city, but it is like a—it's one of the most diverse cities. It's a pretty—it's yeah. a pretty white cast. I mean, yeah. it's pretty—you know—doesn't really show off any. That's the one thing I'll give the morning show props to is the cast is very diverse. Yeah. Um, could be a little bit more diverse. I—I I do think it's interesting that, you know, you. There, there are other shows that aren't the morning show. There's, like, the other, like, daytime one that they have, and they've got the three um, talent. There's the, the the guy who plays the weatherman. There's the African-American uh, talent, and then there's an, the female one who I think the, is the Hispanic. Or Indian, actually. Indian. Yeah. Um, they have, like, they, they showcase that, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. Which is which is also interesting because, like, they talk, they, they talk briefly in the show about – diversity hires and like mixing it up and dni not, you know and like that's part that's that's what these networks and all these big corporations look at too in terms of like that's how we how fix we the problem yeah exactly. we just do so. a dni thing and everyone leave us alone right. but then you look at like the board and it's all white people right which is yep. again that's factual that's a- accurate in terms Very of accurate. like how how these things yeah. and places are so i i do like that they're making it diverse but they're also being realistic to like what these actual things look like and the also talking about that issue and that problem. Yep. And then you have Corey, Mephisto. So that's, <laughs> my, that's what I wanted to get to. Uh, I'm, I want to start, I want to make a pitch right now. Yeah. That uh, Corey. Yeah. So not the actor who plays Corey, which is. Um, wow. I just forgot. His name. I said it earlier in the episode too. Yeah. Um, Billy Crudup. Yeah. Billy Crudup. I've so no, not Billy Crudup. Dr. Manhattan. Not Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> the. Character known as Corey. Yes. I want Corey somehow to come alive and be cast as Mephisto in Marvel. What if 
<laughs> Billy Crudup was cast as Mephisto. I think I'd be very ha- I think I would be You remember my expectation for Rogue One and how high it was? Yeah. I would be higher than that. You know, Billy Crudup was supposed to and did in the original uh the the theatrical cut of Justice League play Barry Allen's dad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then he was supposed to be that, but then he had to drop out and I think they recast him for the Flash movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which sucks. I mean, he wasn't that he wasn't that good there. His best roles, Corey, in Good The Morning Show and, and Doctor Manhattan. Don't forget about Almost Famous. That and was I never a saw fantastic that. role on his okay, part. Check that one out too. But that's what he's, I'm pitching uh, for right now. He's not he's not Mephisto. I have exclusive information that he is a Marvel character. You do? Yep. Who? He will be playing Spider Man. Cut the feed. <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, they're just getting every single actor possible to play Spider-Man. Yep. Um, and therefore, everyone is, is Spider-Man. Sp- yeah, so Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man film, is going to end with us all standing up in the theater and going, I am Spider-Man. Yeah, there's going to gonna be text that flashes like your seat. Spart- it's, it's, like, it's like, look under your seat, and then we'll all pull out, and there'll be a Spider-Man mask. Yeah. Every shot is just a constantly morphing face of a new actor for <laughs> Spider-Man. And then the <laughs> movie theater does hypnosis, and we all rob a bank. A Spider-Man. Mysterio! <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> uh, so I gave one bold prediction already. I want to give one more. A real one? Yeah, but I, this is a batshit bold prediction, and I think it kind of fits. It's not that Corey, Corey is Batman. Is, it's not that Corey is, is Mephisto. But my theory is, in the eight month period, we're going to find out that Corey and Bradley had an affair. Yeah, I mean, and because of that affair is what pushes Alex to leave, because Alex is secretly in love with Corey. <gasps> dun dun dun! I think you went too far there. And, and, like, that and that relationship was five years before season one. But they will for, forget to mention that. <laughs> and then I will again be confused and say, fuck Cor- this. Corey and Bradley had a weird relationship in season one, right? And there's definitely some type of tension there because something happened. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if that is part of the eight-month thing. I think that's a good bold prediction. Thank you. Not the other part, though? Uh that that that's too far. All right. And then what about my bold, bold prediction? prediction? My bold prediction is that Mitch will be a co-host again on the morning show by the end of the season. Whoa, what? He like makes a triumph return? Yes. No. Yeah. Has that happened in real life? Sure. Uh, like, wait, like w- since the Me Too movement and, and the ones that were... I mean, there have been some people that have, like, come out on the other like Chris side. Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, yeah, Louis C.K. a little bit, you know, like... Um, no, every time he tries to say something on Twitter, everyone's like, shut the fuck up and go but away. But he's still... But he's still having shows. Same yeah. thing with um, yeah. same thing with Aziz Ansari, right? Like, he's had, sh- he's had comedy shows and then... But he, but Aziz was still kind of like in that category of you Creep. know he, he had bad press, right? Yes. He, he, there was there was a reputation around him, but you know, so I, I I do think there will be some type of comeback for him because I do think the show is trying to mirror like there are consequences and are not consequences, and you know maybe he comes back to the show. Who knows? Isn't this about the Matt Lauer on 
the morning a, show. A lot of it's based the off actual that. morning. A show lot of it is based. Is a lot of it is based off of Matt Lauer. They even have, um, in one of the dressing rooms, there's a button which closes a door, which is something Lauer was famous to have in his office. He had a button that closed the door because it said he didn't like. He claimed he didn't like to get up, close the door himself, and it was just to lock people in. Jesus, what a terrible person. Uh, My other uh, bold prediction or statement is that Charlie, we're going to see more Charlie, but we're going to realize that he's just fucked out of his brains on drugs. Because, like, thinking back to the episode, he did seem kind of, like, whimsical and, like, la-di-da. He's going to get sucked back in somehow, which is going to affect his, like, his happy life. So I wonder if that's going to be Mitch coming back. No, I mean... Here's how it could. Here's how it's probably gonna go. If Alex is promised a primetime show, she would get her cho- her pick of producer, and she'd be like, "I want Charlie. Charlie," and then he's gonna be sucked back into this world for a show, and never comes back on, and gets all this like angst and yep drama again, and that causes him to lose his like new fiance and kind of just lose everything in his life. Jeez, being a producer is hard. I guess. It is. It's not a happy life. Happy wife, happy life is what they say. It is what they say. I think that's everything. Did you want to, we had said before the show, some Star Wars comments were made. I mean, the big one, so the the big news is uh, the ex-wife of George Lucas. I have to look up her name. Do you know her name? Something Lucas. Mrs. Lucas. Lucas. No, no, she didn't keep the Lucas. Oh. She changed her name, and I'm just going to kind of keep going really quick here to see if I can find it. I like it. I like the sweat now. I'm you know. sweating. We're burning through the audio tape and the YouTube Marcia tapes. Lucas. Is that it? Marsha Griffin sounds like... Marsha Griffin Lucas. Let's call her Marsha. Marsha? It's uh, she's the film editor for Star Wars Episode Four. Yeah, and she's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's uh, no, Oscar nominated or Oscar nominated winning. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcia Lucas. Yeah, Marcia. Marcia. Marcia or Marcia? Well, it's spelled M A R C I A. Marcia. Marcia. Anyway, so she she is yeah Academy winner, film editor extraordinaire. Yes. Has been doing this a very long time. Involved in Star Wars in a lot of ways, you know, obviously. Yeah. A ton of ways. Uh, so she uh, did a did a recent interview here that obviously has been published. Um, and she basically had said in the interview, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, she said that Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams don't know Star Wars. She was not a fan of Episodes 7, 8, and 9. Um, said that it didn't make a whole lot of sense with how Ray got the... The force. force powers. And that uh, also when she saw episode one, she went to her car afterwards and cried because of how terrible it was. Yes. And this, of course, fueled up fans and got that trending and everyone defending and hating on episode seven, eight, and nine. So I don't disagree with her comments in terms of like Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams not understanding what Star Wars is because I think if you see of like what the trilogy is... That to me is clear that mm-hmm. there were there's a little bit of like, what is Star Wars cohesion? But I think 
her evidence of why they don't understand Star Wars was weird. Her reasoning, her reasoning was was strange. Disjointed. It was feels. was strange and disjointed. I mean, yeah. what she could really talk about is is the whole narrative bit with bringing back Palpatine and everything about Episode Nine that we've talked talked to death about on this podcast over probably all 176 episodes at this point, but. You know, but there there are legitimate gripes and concerns about about that sequel trilogy and stuff. The episode one thing seemed a little mean in my mind. Yeah, that, like, for, that, that like, just felt mean. Like, that I felt went like to my car and cried. Yeah, uh, I was like, well, it was funny. <laughs> they were like reading the comments online where you had people defending seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, you had people attacking people because people read her comments about episode four as her saying that she hated the prequel trilogy and then people jumping on being like prequel trilogy is da 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 and it's interesting like her statements on like Kathleen and JJ don't know what Star Wars is it's fascinating because it's not I don't think that they necessarily don't know what Star Wars is they have their own vision of what Star Wars or their own thought process of what it is yeah. and what and I they mean, d- they just didn't execute on they didn't decide what that vision was. Correct. They changed it three yeah. times. But again, like the, the point I'm making is when you look at all these comments about people defending the prequels, the sequels, and their reasoning and then shitting on the other and, and whatnot, it's everyone has their own wildly, vastly insane one side of the spectrum to the other side in terms of what is good in Star Wars, what is bad. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, the Star Wars community and fan base, specifically on Twitter, I'll say, is the most toxic fucking thing I've like ever seen. They, I mean, you could make anything and they would hate it most likely. Probably. I mean, Visions comes out. Visions in a days, drops in two, and days? I'm sure there are going to be people yeah. like, like, "This is not my Star Wars," and that's fine. <laughs> that's a okay. Yeah. I just like it's so stupid because it's like I get social platforms are a way for you to, like vent and put your your thoughts out, and that's okay. Like, go do that. My whole thing is always like when I see somebody put out a comment praising something and someone just goes to attack it to attack right. it and then it's a thing. It's an it's opinion. Like, yeah. You know, it's not like a not everyone has to agree with opinions. Right. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of people that like a lot of different Star Wars movies. Like some people love episode nine. Some people love episode ones, two and three. Some people love episodes four, five and six. No one loves the Clone Wars movie. <laughs> 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 but you know, it at least spawned a television show. That's that true. Without great, it, we wouldn't have had that that, se- that series. So, so you know, chicken or the egg. I think. Yeah, you know, really like say. just just enjoy it. Like Star Wars is still ultimately, you know, really fun and really like really good. Like the Mandalorian is is a great product that came from Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. say what you will about Kathleen Kennedy, but she is responsible for, you know, greenlighting the Mandalorian and having that be a thing. Um, so you gotta take the good and the bad, I suppose. Mm, yeah. Ultimately, it speaks to how many different people it reaches to. Yeah. Wow, that is the most natural sounding <laughs> sentence ever. ever. That is profound, Robbie. I just is pulled that off the screen. Uh, real quick, some other related Star Wars news. Uh, yesterday, as of the taping of this podcast, Sunday, September nineteenth, was the Emmys, and Ian McGregor who did win um, an Emmy, did some press. Uh, and I believe it's Ewan. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor? Yeah. Yeah, e- not Ewan. 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 It's Ewan McKellen Ewan. and Ewan McGregor. Ewan. Well, Ewan. Ewan. Well, I'm sorry. Ewan. Ewan. 
you and yeah, McGregor had, had, he did some press, and he talked about how Obi-Wan Kenobi just wrapped, I'm sorry, Obi-Wan Kabuzi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kabuzi. Just wrapped <laughs> filming. And he says, I think his quote was like, I think it will be quite good. <laughs> and I was like, well, that is not, I didn't see like the clip. I didn't see the context sure. of how he said it. It but just the quote, good. the quote by itself, I'm like, that is not convincing. <laughs> I think, I don't, honestly, I think that's right in the middle. Yeah, that's not. That doesn't give me hope. That doesn't take away hope. That's a someone says. A what statement. do you want from the Obi Wan show? Like, what is, what are you looking to get out of that show? What do you want it to be? I don't want to see a lightsaber fight with Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi. Well, that's I'm all I want. I'm pretty sure. Nope, I don't care the room. I don't want that. And if it is there, guess what? I'm going to close my eyes and cover my ears like a fucking child. I don't think you cast Hayden Christensen to play Darth Vader if that wasn't the plan. Nope, it's not happening. They're going to have a duel of the minds. A duel of the thumbs. They're going to talk over coffee. And they're going to decide they're not friends. Is anymore. is he who remains will show up and will will take take the yeah, lead? Yep. He's just a Kang variant, and he's just there. In the I Star honestly, Wars honestly, I because I've learned my lesson with Rogue One, and and when big new Star Wars projects come out, keep the expectations in check, keep them low. Sure. Visions like Visions is coming out in two days, right? Coming yeah. out in on the on Wednesday, two days from now. And, you know, that's what our next, you know, spoiler, our next podcast <gasps> is going to be on Visions. Krishna will be back, so it won't just be Arjuna and I rambling like lunatics. So all you Krishna stands, <laughs> get ready. There's a few, actually. There are. It's kind of weird. Um, but, like, with Visions, I'm keeping my expect- expectations in check. Like, we have seen anime anthologies of big franchises before. Matrix Reloaded. Is it Reloaded or Reanimation? Animatrix? Anima- Animatrix, thank you. Yeah. Uh, is there a thing? Uh, uh, Halo has one as well where it's a bunch oh, of Oh, Red vs. Blue? Not Red vs. <laughs> Blue, unfortunately, <laughs> but there is like a, a, a an antholo- anime anthology of different stories in the Halo universe. Oh, so what we if? Ha- we have seen... What if? No, not really. We have seen these kind of like big a- anime anthologies before, yeah. and what's cool about them is they plant you in this environment that you're familiar with, doesn't mean the stories have to all be connected. What's cool about them is it just kind of gives you new ideas or new ways to kind of like think and look at certain stories or aspects of that f- you know universe. So that's what I'm hoping for is I will get a cool retelling or new story or whatever from uh, Visions. But do you think the corporate machine known as Disney would be like, ooh, people really liked episode four. We're going to make it into a trilogy of movies now. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But that's what's what's happening with what if, uh, not necessarily. I mean, th- they've said they've the creators. They've and, said they'll continue the story said, within what if. But they've also said like it's a it's basically a testing ground of like, do we want to do a live action Captain Carter if it's popular enough? You know, so I will. They, they I will believe that. I'll believe that when I see utilizing it. I'll, like that if if, if it actually comes to pass and actually sure. happens, sure. Um, because the other thing too, like it's on the Marvel side of things, like. For them to just throw out an Agent Carter, like let's say they decide that now, that has that won't be for Captain a while, Carter, Captain yeah. Carter, um, because that's something that have to rework into everything, right? To phase five, yeah. So that's or who knows? I mean, you know, if the multi the multiverse obviously is is a thing, so you could have live action anything in theory show up. I don't think they want the that though. Team up battle because they want that connected universe. Yeah, but what about the big team up connected battle? universe? Before we get out of here, last quick question for you on Star Wars Visions. They are doing a release, both um, English dub 
and a Japanese dub version. Mm. Which one are you going to watch first and why? Probably the Japanese dub. I normally like watching my animes with the original yeah. Japanese dub. Um, just because I think the... Uh, honestly, most of the time, it's just I think the voice acting is better. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind reading the subtitles, and I just enjoy it that way. But I know that they got a lot of high-profile actors to yep. do the voices, so I think I will probably also check out the English dub just to see the differences. And, well, and you know also on the Japanese side, they also got a lot of the big right. mainstream uh, voice actors. Like, I think... Goku? Uh, I <laughs> No, those people I thought got canceled. Um, Levi? I think the actor... Aaron? Well, no, I think some of the voice cast from Attack on Titan is in That's a couple great. of these episodes, as well as My Hero Academia. The guy who does Piccolo, he does, like, a lot of... Yeah, he does a crap he does ton. A He's, like, one of the big big uh, voices out there. Uh, I agree with that. I'm also going to do it in the Japanese dub first. Um, but my reason, specifically with Star Wars Visions, this is the first time they are telling... They are not. They have said it's not canon stories, but this is the first time since Disney's bought... Um, Star, Wars? Star Wars that we are getting a non-Western telling yeah. of a Star Wars story. Which is nice. Huh? Which is yeah. great. And I think no diss to... I mean, it's good that there is the English dub as well. It makes it more accessible to people, which I think is great. But I want that full kind of immersion into we are utilizing this type of style right. and storytelling. So I want the whole setup, essentially. Yeah. So there's that. And then last, last question, because this wasn't about Star Wars. It was about the morning show. Yeah, I just kind of, you know, put in our, our sponsored segment of Star Wars. <laughs> Arjuna, was the morning show season two, episode one, good? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it was good. It, it's definitely an intriguing setup to the show and what's to come. Um, and I'm intrigued by it. You know, we have to see the full picture. And, and you know, for me, I, I like to see the, the whole thing and, you know, so I'm not going to be like, yeah, I, I don't know if definitively this will be a great season. I'm curious to see where they're going to take it. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Ravi, thank you for your time. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> but was the morning show, season two, episode one, I don't know where we are in time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say this, and it kind of sucks, but um, actually, how do I do this? Because after my initial watching, because I thought it was three months before, I finished that episode with the definitive no. answer of no, it was not good because I did not like the fact that we were just showing stuff that felt irrelevant. Now, after talking with you and knowing that we were actually, yes, in the future and the story is moving somewhat forward, I want to say yes because it makes a whole lot more sense. But you know what? I'm going to go back with no, so it was not good because they should have done a better job of placing me on the, in, the, in their timeline. So no, it was not good. Okay, there you go. Wow, that was that was the that was the journey of the century. You know, <laughs> I don't think we thought we were. I thought we were in 2019. Yeah. I thought we were in 2021. Then we're in 2020, and then yeah. all of a sudden we're in 1996. Basically, <laughs> we're gonna go and they'll do like a prequel show where it's Corey's dad, <laughs> and he's like some exec at whatever network. He works at a cocaine company. Yeah, in Russia. <laughs> cocaine Russia. in Russia, right? They have cocaine everywhere. Really? Like everywhere, everywhere? Like every country has its own cocaine? Yeah, its place? own cocaine company. It's actually a division within every government. Are you talking about like Coca-Cola? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and with that, that's going to do it for us here on Was It Good? As I said uh, a little bit ago, our next episode is going to be this Friday. 
uh, on Star Wars Visions, the new Disney Plus show. Krishner is going to be returning, and we are going to be doing the episode live on YouTube.com slash Was It Good, so be sure to check it out there. We are also on Twitter at Was It Good. Definitely follow us there. We will be dropping some little fun tidbits and early reactions, I'm sure, of Star Wars Visions. Right. And you can follow us along on TikTok and Instagram at Was It Good Pod. That's where we show our pretty, pretty faces. Our website is wasitgood.info. Our newsletter will be coming shortly. Maybe Ravi will be writing about the Met Gala. Yes. And the Emmy's red carpet fashion. No. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Ravi's our fashion guru. <laughs> <laughs>